0: AREAS AS LITTLE AS NINE MILES FROM THE UKRAINIAN BORDER. THE SATELLITE COMPANY MAXAR SAYS THIS IS A CHANGE IN THE PATTERN OF PREVIOUS DEPLOYMENTS. CORRESPONDENT CHARLIE DAGATA IS IN Kiev. THE
1: OVERWHELMING MAJORITY OF PEOPLE HERE BELIEVE OR AT LEAST
0: HOPE THAT PRESIDENT PUTIN'S AIM IS TO LAUNCH A LIMITED INVASION TO THE EAST WHERE uh, UKRAINIAN FORCES HAVE BEEN BATTLING RUSSIAN SEPARATISTS FOR YEARS. Royal officials say Queen Elizabeth will meet virtually with Prime Minister Johnson today, even though the 95-year-old monarch is infected with COVID. CBS's Ian Lee is in Windsor.
2: The Queen is experiencing mild, cold-like symptoms, but royal officials seem eager to get across that it's near business as usual.
0: Brits are getting battered by more bad weather after Friday's powerful storm that blasted the country with 120-mile-an-hour winds. Correspondent Vicki Barker is in London. More than than 200 flood warnings are in place across the UK as storm Franklin buffets the country. People have been warned to stay away from rivers in northern England. Hundreds of homes have been evacuated and the high winds and flooding have closed railway lines, roads and bridges. An eerie calm in Ottawa after police finished hauling away truckers who'd been blocking traffic for two weeks to protest Canada's COVID rules. Professor Stephanie Carvin at Carleton University. There's still a security cordon in place. There's multiple checkpoints throughout the city. Parts of the city, frankly, have just been gated off. Visitors will be welcomed back to Israel in March. Whether or not they've been vaccinated against COVID, CBS's Robert Berger is in Jerusalem.
1: The decision comes as the latest wave of the coronavirus recedes and most restrictions have been removed. A return to tourism
3: after a two-year shutdown could revive tens of thousands of jobs.
0: An investigation underway into the cause of a police helicopter crash that killed 100 Huntington Beach officer in California critically injured another. Boaters rushed to pull the two out of the water.
2: The houses all shook, so everyone on the, on the street heard it, and then everyone screamed helicopter down, and then we knew something was wrong.
0: This is CBS News. There's always something new under the sun. CBS Mornings, Weekdays on CBS. It's Data Cortez, and I'm married to DJ Automatic. When it comes to big life decisions, having options is something I value for our family, especially when it comes to saving money. That's why I love State Farm.
1: State Farm knows everyone has a budget, and they've got options like insuring your car and your home, getting you great rates on both, or they can help personalize your policy with options so that you can get a surprisingly great rate.
0: I love that option. Saving money, that's what it's all about, so we bundle our home and our car. So for surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com
4: for a quote today. You know your closet well, but what does it sound like? Yes, your closet. Does it whisper your taste? Does it scream your taste? The new Stitch Fix Freestyle, your personalized store, gets to know your unique style and fit. Its selection transforms to show you only the looks and trends you love. With a store that evolves alongside your taste, your closet will scream, so you, without actually screaming. Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle for women and men, your personalized store. We're so you.
0: Before you massage your kale or steam your broccoli, consider this. We all grow up hearing that eating vegetables will make you strong and healthy, but there's a new study in the UK that says it won't ward off heart disease. Researchers looked at stats on nearly half a million people and say whether cooked or uncooked, veggies won't lower your risk of heart or circulatory issues. But don't be too quick to clear out your fridge. In the US, doctors say eating vegetables that are rich in fiber can lower risk factors, especially when exercise and other lifestyle choices are factored in. Guidelines suggest most adults eat two to three cups of veggies a day as part of a healthy diet. Monica Ricks, CBS News. The University of Alabama's vice president of student life has resigned after he was arrested for allegedly arranging to pay for sex through an app. 50-year-old Myron Pope, a walk-on on the Crimson Tide football team that beat Miami in the Sugar Bowl after the 1992 season. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News.
2: What's done more to improve overall health and wellness? Modern medicine or personal hygiene? Actually, it's both. But considering that bathing went mainstream in the 1800s and brushing your teeth in the 1900s, isn't it time for something new, like cleaning your nose? After all, your nose is the body's air filter for trapping dirt and germs, the first line of defense against allergens, bacteria, and viruses from getting into your lungs. But how do you clean your nose? with Navage, Navage isn't medicine, it's more like plumbing. Navage uses powered suction to pull saline in one nostril to the very back of the nose where germs can get trapped and multiply, and then out the other nostril flushing out mucus and microbes so you can breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier. Join over 2 million others and find out for yourself how refreshing and easy to use Navage is. At Navaj.com, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath & Target. Navage, Clean nose. Healthy life. Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Kasich was the lead singer of what band? The Cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history? Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. <laughs> That's Auto cars. Smarts. Friday cars. afternoons at 106 cars. on 970 cars. WATH cars. and 97.1 cars. FM. That's a 57 Chevy? Cars. Cars, cars. Cars. Fair
0: Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970-WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show.
5: It's not the Kim and and Ruth Show. show. It's
0: really... I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970-WATH to make it happen.
1: From Gruza Realty and Building, it's Larry Conrath, the only Larry Conrath in real estate. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses. Larry Conrath, he sells houses, farms, and acreage, too. For the only Larry Conrath in real estate, please call 5913015. 5913015. What was that number? It's 5913015.
2: Call the only Larry Conrath in real estate.
1: 5913015. Serving part time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts
0: for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me.
2: Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. We've
4: all got our daydreams, right? Little things, big things,
5: things you know one day you'll do. Then, out of nowhere, cancer. And all your plans... Don't change a bit.
1: I would know I'm about to jump out of an airplane with my dad. Our first time skydiving solo and my second year since starting cancer treatment at Ohio Health. All right, Dad, let's go. You keep making plans.
0: Visit ohiohealth.com/ keep making
6: plans. I am EPG Tech two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters! Oysters! Raw! 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 Coach Turf, your nF Tech
1: football team played your arch-rival Bungle State this past weekend, and I'm just wondering what kind of game it was.
4: Well, just as uh, soon as I regained my composure, uh you know, I can uh, report to all the fans that, uh, well, it was a fine ball game. You know, uh, I got to say that all the Oysters did play a fine ball game on offense, and, and they went out there and played a real fine ball game on defense. And special teams came up with a real fine effort, and I do want to point out to all the fans that my brother Nat Turf's Bungle State team, they did come through with a real fine ball game. So, what all the fans seen who came out to the ball game was a fine ball game
1: both teams went into the game with identical records coach and I'm wondering if you came out with your first win of the season
4: well that's right you know it was uh, a real even ball game uh, we was uh, zero and nine and uh, brother Nat Turf's team at Bungle State they was zero and nine it was a real even matchup and of course uh, even though it we had the same records going into the ball game them records didn't mean nothing because every time that we get together and play you can throw all the records out to winder because uh, they don't mean nothing
1: coach would you like to report on the score of this
4: game? Well, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't. Uh, it was another one of them where we, we come out on the short end. It was a 16 and 15.
1: Well, it sounds like it was an even game. From heartbreaking.
4: The start of- it was It was heartbreaking. I've I, you know, I've been coaching here ever since 19 and and I've been thinking back. I can't even remember a loss. that was as heartbreaking as this. This was a real heartbreaking loss. And
1: we'll be back to discuss the ball game further and talk about the inept Tech Bungle State Series.
4: Heartbreaking
1: right after we pause for this message
3: and the art turf show this morning proudly brought to you by strawberry jam filled jelly rolls
5: oh man i want one of those me too
1: why do you do that to me i
3: have to go to four mile bakery get one of those there
1: okay well, Coach Turf, a 16 to 15 loss—heartbreaking.
4: It was a heartbreaker.
1: To Bungle State, it sounds like a game that might have gone down to the last play of the game.
4: Well, that's right. It uh, certainly did. Uh, we even had the lead in the ball game. We was ahead 15 and 13. We got ourselves five field goals in that ball game from. Sammy Sidewinder, Sounds field like that might kicker, be a new uh, school record. Tied to school record set back in 1952 by Chipshot Chumley, who was in the stands for this ballgame because his son, Chipshot Chumley Jr., was the field goal kicker for Brother Nat Turf's team over to Bungle State, and so I don't know who Chipshot was rooting for, but anyways, they're on the last play of the ballgame. Old Chipshot Jr. was going to try a field goal 53 yards to try and put his team ahead and dogged if he didn't miss that Rascal, but uh, seemed like the officials. You know, I always seem like I blame everything on the officials, but them officials called a penalty on us. 15-yard penalty and that moved the ball 15 yards closer and I couldn't understand it the ball game should have been over we should have won the ball game 15 and 13 but no they give the give us a 15 yard penalty and I went out on the field hooting and hollering and dogged if they didn't throw another flag give us another 15 yard penalty so that meant he had a 23 yarder and chip shot made that chip shot and we lost 16 and 15. And what was brother Nat doing while all this was going on coach? He was on his way to pick up the trophy what goes to the winner of the ball game. What is that? That's that bag of bronze marbles, and he was real happy because he knowed and I knowed that I had done lost my marbles again.
1: Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art (laughs) Turf.
5: How do you do that? I
3: think we have a leak. Oh. Somewhere.
1: Hmm. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970
6: M 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H FM.
5: My oh my, what a glorious morning outside, 36 degrees presently, very sunny. Uh, but this too will change. Guess what? We're under another flood watch tomorrow. Man, the river was hot. Impressive. And that's why they did it years ago. They put in that new channel is what I'm referring to. And without that, we would have had much more flooding, of course. Uh, I remember, um, Andy, um... Oh, shucks. Can you help me?
3: Uh, If you give me a subject or area, maybe. Are you talking about the rerouting of the river?
5: Yes. Um, But, um, oh, shucks. Andy and his wife moved down there, down here. They kept their home here, beautiful home um he was um, extremely knowledgeable about uh, forests and things like that. And Oh, you mean Aura Anderson? Yes. Okay. Now, down here they called him Aura. Yeah. And that was his formal name. But in Columbus he was known as Andy. And he and his wife Harriet I think that's right. Again, my memory after these years is a little a little questionable. Anyway, they were among my parents' best friends as I was growing up. Okay. But uh, Annie was a little bit critical of the design of the river, the new river channel, mm-hmm. saying that if they had done this and if they had done that, we'd have last less... Backfill, or a a soot fill. Soot, no, what's the term? Not soot. Um, Well, anyway, periodically that river channel needs to be scraped out because it fills up with soil. Yeah, needs to be dredged. And he said that um, that's one of the faults of the design. Oh, well. Anyway, we're glad we have it when it's uh, flooding like uh, we, we've we had or close to being had, something like that. Oh, it, West Green would have been a mess. Oh, mercy.
3: With all this rain for not just this time, but many times over the years. Now, we as kids, back in the day when they rerouted the river, we weren't very happy about it because it took out all the cool sleigh riding hills and ponds to skate on there at the where the um state highway or state uh mental health center is mm-hmm. where the state highway went yeah, there through
5: was to a, a lake down there folks
3: yeah there were four of them four different ones i think we've talked about that before they were all in the shapes of the different decks uh, different uh cards in the deck of cards Different categories. One was shaped like a spade, one a diamond, one a heart,
5: one a club. I had heard this. Yeah. I wonder if there's a good photograph of that. Oh, somewhere.
3: I bet there is. Dad took many photographs of those. Now, where they are, I'm not sure, but that was one of the best sleigh riding hills in southeast Ohio. <laughs> And you could find a bunch of us there on Saturdays.
5: Mm -hmm. I recently attended an event at the um, Southeast History Center. And um, as a favor to all of those that attended, they gave a copy of this book. Oh, what was her name? Anyway, I knew her for years been gone for years, but she did a photo history of Athens um, and published it, and it's really cool, so we have it in our collection of special books, but there have been a couple people that have done that over the years, and I just don't recall seeing a photograph of those four lakes. Um, that used to be a part of the Ohio uh, S- S- Southern Ohio Mental Health Hospital.
3: Yeah,
5: I'd like to see that.
3: Yeah, we used to refer to it you know, back then. It was called the Asylum Grounds. Yes. Yeah, and you know it's gone undergone name changes to keep up with the
5: times, well, I guess. Well, political correctness. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That sort of thing. Yep. Well, anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. Today is President's Day. Um, you know, our presidents get a lot of recognition. They get a lot of uh, coverage in the way of news and things like that. And, and, you know, of course, some of it's good, some of it's bad, or critical, rather, not um, they're just under the microscope at every moment of their lives. Um, do you have anything back there, Scott, as to why President's Day was thought to be a good thing to, to occur?
3: Um, from what I recall is that, again, with political correctness involved here, that we used to celebrate lincoln's birthday Mm. on february 12th and then washington's birthday on february 22nd which is tomorrow that's right and from what i recall it was combined because they wanted to do it for all presidents and not just those two i see so um as as i read here uh this particular blurb says the day takes place during the birth month of the country's two most prominent presidents now you could get some argument with that george washington and abraham lincoln uh while again like i said while the day uh only honored washington on his birthday the day now never lands on a single president's birthday okay so more of the population celebrates the day to honor all of the past United States presidents. I was listening to something yesterday about President's Day, I guess it was, talking about the population of this country which is close to 330 million Mm -hmm. and year after year after year since 1776 of all of the people who have lived in this country only 46 presidents, 46 individuals, out of those millions and millions of people in this country have served as president. And I just thought that was quite the low percentage when you, when you think about the population over, you know, centuries of who could have been a president, but only 46 men to this point anyway have had that honor and privilege to do so. Pretty small number compared to the total population.
5: Well, I'm thinking about your concept. And I would dare to say that that's a bunch more than most other countries. Something tells me that's not too incorrect a statement. Could be. Okay. But uh, I, yeah, three. Uh, our nation has three hundred and almost three hundred and thirty-three million people. Um, you said three thirty, which is you were right on
3: it. Yeah, yeah, I said around. Yeah, around that. You, so you were right on it. Yeah. But anyway, and, just thinking over the years, of everyone in this country. Mm -hmm. Who's a naturalized citizen, Mm -hmm. at least age 35, that could have been a president? Only a very small number have been.
5: But think the other thing I like, I I bet we're ahead on representation. You know, we have Congress, we have um, district reps that serve at the state level. We have congressional reps that serve at the federal level. We have, you know, when you look at our governmental representation model, I'll bet you, I I just have a hunch we're way more, we have far more people involved in representing us than hardly any other country. Oh, yeah.
3: You know I, what I mean? Yeah, I would concur with that. More more uh, of a democratic type of government that it's supposed to be, a democracy anyway, Dem- like yes. a lot of countries don't enjoy. Yeah. But thinking about your comment there, a lot of countries have the same leader as in dictators do with their countries, I mean, they stay in power for, you know.
5: Years. Yeah. Years. years. 20, 30, 40, 50 years. until their death. Yeah. You know. Um, I I just think, um, I'm sure there's faults with it, but on the other hand, I just think we are um, far better. Yeah,
3: I think the founding fathers obviously had that in mind for the democracy. Uh, you know, when 1776 occurred, and even prior to that, when when plans were being formed well, for the president of the Day. country,
5: Presidents Day it is.
3: Okay, speaking of, I want—I was going to ask you this earlier before we got into that. Um, presidents that you've. Rubbed elbows with. It's time to name drop.
5: Okay, Nixon, Reagan. Um. Really, those are the two. Um, Carter. L- ever so slightly, LBJ. Uh, no, not Carter. No, just uh, really, I answered it quickly with what I think is the correct answer. Very good. Um, Nixon and Reagan. Since it's President's Day, we'll throw uh, a little
3: personal touch in there. No, thank you.
5: Um, Speaking of Nixon, I did bring an item in today. Okay. And when you think about, um, well, the Olympics, right? We just finished them last night. My, Uh, they absorbed us in our house. Um, They do every year. It doesn't matter whether it's Summer Olympics or Winter Olympics. I do enjoy them. But um, I had an article this morning. That on February 20th, well, no, 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 let's let's not do that. um, On February 21st of 1972, this this is a a story from, um, who is this from? This is from uh, Today in History, which is um, a website I use once in a while. On February 21st, 1972, was the start of the week that changed the world as President Richard Nixon um, visited communist China. It was an eight-day visit. and was something that no U.S. president had done since the founding of the People's Republic of China back in 1949. Wow. Yeah. And he did so with um, his wife (coughs) and an entourage. That was pretty important.
3: Yeah, I remember that. The seventy-two.
5: Seventy. Let's see here. I just read it, but I forgot already. I think it was seventy-two. Yes, February twenty-first, nineteen seventy-two. Yeah, I I kind of re- recall that. Yeah. That it was being made as such
3: a big deal back then.
5: And I dare say that was the start of um, calming tensions between the two. And there are tensions still, of course, but they used to be so much worse. Um, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, good morning, folks. Today, as we said, President's Day. It's also, (laughs) I don't know why we're mentioning this, National Sticky Bun Day and National Grain-Free Day. (laughs) Okay. What is a sticky bun to you, like a donut or something?
3: Yeah, it's like a pastry with um, a glazed coating on it. Generally sugary? Yeah, like maple-coated glaze on there, something like that, maple sugar-flavored.
5: I think I'd like it. Yeah, it's good. I I get I don't know why they can't just say National Donut Day. Yeah, they probably have somewhere.
3: But I like the um cinnamon rolls with the maple
5: frosting on top. Yeah. Pretty good. We we've got we we've got a caller here. Okay. Good morning.
6: Uh good morning. Uh I I wanted to um uh, good morning to both of you. Thank you. I wanted to uh share with you uh, something in perspective we were talking about president's day Mm -hmm. and that the united states is 246 years old and the president biden is the 46th president of the u.s just last week ohio university celebrated its founder's day and it was founded in 1804 and it's 218 years old just 28 years younger than in the United States and Hugh Sherman, the current president is only the 22nd president so we're comparing US presidents at 46, number 46 with Ohio University at 22 presidents mm-hmm. and only being 28 years difference in age uh, as far as institutions are, certain, are concerned I just thought that was kind of an interesting perspective and I wanted to share that with you
5: Jack, I appreciate it I really do because right. it's interesting statistics Statistics are sometimes I get criticized for using too many of them, but I think they're really interesting.
6: Well, since last week was uh, was Founder's Day for Ohio U, and of course today's President's Day, I thought I'd just pass that along to you too. Thank you. Thanks
5: very much. Thanks very much. I always enjoy your program. Thank you. Bye. 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 Um,
3: It's always good to hear from Jack.
5: Jack Ellis, of course. All right. Well, let's see here. So we talked about what today is. Uh, Let's talk about yesterday because we weren't here to do it. February 20th, which was yesterday, Sunday, was National Leadership Day. National Love Your Pet Day. National Comfy Day. National Muffin Day and National Cherry Pie Day. Mm. Uh, I don't think there's too many of those I can um, say I don't agree with. Leadership, I'm all for that. Love Your Pet Day, wow, we're over the top on that. National Comfy Day, well, of National Muffin Day, Mm-mm. and National Cherry Pie Day, all of those yesterday. Now, did I bring in another one? No. Okay. Sometimes when we've had a weekend, I'll bring in, you know, those. Um, well, like that, that one was from yesterday when we weren't on the air. Well, well, the station was on the air, but we weren't doing the party. Okay, let's see here. While we're talking about presidents, I came across a trivia thing today. Um, what president hosted his daughter's prom at the White House? Choices. Well, first of all, I'll just ask you to make a raw
3: guess. Um, I don't think it was President Obama, even though he had young daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. Nixon had daughters, the Fords had daughters. Uh, hmm, Jimmy Carter, oh, she was too young. Okay, Her I'll, 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 I'll help say you. Gerald I'll... Ford.
5: You are on the money. At the time that uh, Gerald Ford became president of the United States, his 17-year-old only daughter, Susan Ford, was beginning her senior year at Holton Arms School. When her class started planning their prom, they turned to her for a venue. (laughs) Kind of put her on the spot, I think. Susan hosted the dance at the White House on May 31st, 1975, which became the first and only high school dance ever to take place at the Executive Mansion. The menu included those staples of 1970s cuisine, and by that we mean Swedish meatballs and quiche, as well as non-alcoholic punch. The cost of the dance, which totaled thirteen hundred dollars, was raised by members of the senior class with no cost to taxpayers. Kind of an interesting little blur.
3: Only thirteen hundred? That's cheap compared to what it would be today. Oh yes, There's... it'd be about thirteen thousand.
5: Oh, yeah. If not more. Yes, indeed. Done that. I've done that. I'm not as well organized this morning as normal, or maybe I am as normal. <laughs> um,
3: depends on what normal is as yeah. normal is. <laughs> okay. Well,
5: the Olympics. What was your impression?
3: I, you know, I again, I didn't watch them a whole lot because uh. I was caught up in uh mania super bowl and college basketball i watched some of it i like the skiing part of it i like the ski jumps uh i've mentioned before i like to watch curling even some folks might say that's boring that well, might be but i just i don't i enjoy it but i thought it just seems to me anymore that the olympics are getting politically more involved in where they are with uh, current situations going on in different countries and the oppression and and suppression of human rights and things like that and i just uh, you know for me I've said this before. Politics needs to stay out of the Olympics, and Olympics needs to stay out of politics. Just like they need to stay out of every other sport, and every other sport needs to stay out of politics. So, I, I, I you know, again with the Bengal mania and college basketball going on, the Bobcats having the season that they are. Um, I just, I've just been a little caught up in those things, too. Yeah, I watched it. I watched the closing oh, ceremony last night. Yeah. Pretty cool.
5: Now, okay, the Bobcats, we have a game Tuesday night, right? Tomorrow night. And is that part of their regular season, or is this yes. the add-on?
3: No, this is regular season still.
5: I think I got a um, some sort of notice from the athletic office saying... Do something to get your tickets for the playoffs, right? You know what I mean. Yes. Um, I don't know what I got to do, but I'll try to figure that out. When do those
3: start? Usually uh, about the second week in March.
5: Okay, so I've got a little time yet.
3: Yeah, that's probably what you got your notice for there. To you know, if you want tickets to the MAC tournament, then get them while they're hot.
5: I'm I'm just interested in games being played here.
3: Yeah, well, I, I think all of them. I don't know if they're going to be any at the home sites this year because only the top 8 teams make it to the tournament. So the quarterfinals start March 10th, which is a Thursday, which is in Cleveland. Uh, the quarterfinals and then the semifinals and championship obviously are in Cleveland too. So the final home game uh, for the Bobcats is Akron, and that is coming up on uh, February 25th, which is this Friday, which will be another TV game uh, like this past Friday game was.
5: But I've got tickets, too.
3: But my guess is your notice was if you want tickets for the MAC tournament. Oh. Oh typically when they have the first round games at home then those are usually on like a Monday or Tuesday night but I don't see any Monday or Tuesday night games scheduled this year so I think all eight teams will go directly to the corner finals in Cleveland beginning March 10th.
5: Well, back to the Olympics, Um, the closing ceremonies of course uh, were held last night. Once again they were Spectacular. Um, Norway, they finished atop the medal count. They had 16 golds and 37 total. The United States finished fourth with 8 golds and 25 total. Um... Let's see. This this story goes on. It says in some of the final events, Finland beat Russia, competing as the Russian Olympic Committee due to lingering doping punishment. In men's hockey, um, capturing the world, the country's first gold medal in that sport. The event brought to an end an Olympics that have been criticized on a number of fronts, including heavy heavy COVID-19 related restrictions on athletes, a scandal over doping of Russian skaters, and and what some said was political posturing on behalf of the International Olympic Committee. Well, next up, and we have a little time to wait for this, the Summer Olympic Games, which will be held in Paris in 2024. All right. Let's see what else is we're sharing here. I think I can put this batch away. Okay, how about historically speaking? We do this generally when we're having a free-for-all. In 1173, that's a year, Pope Alexander III canonizes Thomas Beckett, Archbishop of Canterbury. In the year 1613 on this date Michael Romanov son of Patriarch of Moscow elected first Russian Tsar of the House of Romanov 1804 Oh I.O. Oh. but also the first locomotive Richard Trevithick's Trevitix runs for the first time along the tramway of the Penny Darren Ironworks that was located in Wales. And if it was too subtle for you to catch, 1804, of course, was also the year Ohio University was founded, as Jack brought out a little bit ago. 1916, World War I, the Battle of Verdun, Begins with a German offensive, leads to an estimated one million casualties, and becomes the longest battle of the entire war, lasting nine months. Wow. 1922, on this date, Britain declares Egypt a sovereign state. Thumbs to work properly. Okay. So let's do some famous birthdays. Huh. This is not a name I'm particularly familiar with. Maybe I'm going to be embarrassed. Alan Rickman. It could be Reichman. Uh, but uh, R-I-C-K-M-A-N, he was born in 1946, died in 2016.
3: He was an English actor of the stage and screen. Uh, Rickman gained international acclaim for his role as Severus Snape in the Harry Potter film series and Hans Gruber in the action film Die
5: Hard. Hmm. Well, anyway. Um... Let's see here. Our um, Robert Mugabe, born in 1924, died in 2019.
3: Robert Gabriel Mugabe was a Zimbabwean revolutionary and politician who served as Prime Minister of Zimbabwe. From 1980 to 87 then as president from 87 to 2017
5: okay now we have two women both of whom are celebrating birthdays today Jennifer Love Hewitt and um, she's celebrating her 43rd birthday
3: she is an American actress producer and singer Hewitt began her career as a child actress and singer, appearing in national television commercials before joining the cast of the Disney Channel series *Kids Incorporated*. Some of her movies include *Ghost Whisperer*, *I Know What You Did Last Night*, *The Client List*, and *911*.
5: Um, between the two pictures of these two gals today, I. Love to have dinner with either one of them, um, but the second one is Elliot Page, who is celebrating her 35th birthday today.
3: Elliot Page is a Canadian actor and producer. He has received various this accolades. This is a woman now. Okay. Did also, birth, birth date of today.
5: Um. Yes.
3: Is there's a, another Elliot Page? Of- ...that has a birthday today as well. Born February 21st.
5: Okay, well, this is female. Okay. And as I kind of implied, rather attractive. Okay. Um, well. Nothing funny?
3: Paige publicly came out as a lesbian woman in February 2014 and subsequently as a transgender in 2020.
6: Huh.
3: So okay. Paige became uh, the first openly trans man to appear
5: on the cover of Time magazine. You did a good job. Okay. Um, now, two famous deaths. Anne Frank. As we we most of us know... Of course, of her, but we'll still let Scott fill us in. But she was born in 1929, died on this date in 1945. Annalise Marie
3: Frank was a German-Dutch diarist of Jew- uh, Jewish heritage, one of the most discussed Jewish victims of the Holocaust. She gained fame uh, posthumously with a 1947 publication, The Diary of Anne Frank. Mm. And... Movies include that one, whereas Anne Frank, uh, movies made about her, we should say, and Anne Frank Parallel.
5: There was a play as well, which preceded the movie, and I did that show at Playhouse on the Green many, many years ago. Okay, Frederick Banting, born in 1891, died in 1941. Ed- Frederick Banting, B B-A-N. A. Frederick Banting,
3: Sir Frederick Grant Branting, was a Canadian medical scientist, physician, painter, and Nobel laureate noted as the discoverer of insulin and its therapeutic potential. In 1923, Banting and John McLeod received the Nobel Prize in Medicine
5: in 1923. By the way... Um, They could have helped me a little better in this uh, particular report, but it says Billy Graham, one of the most influential Christian leaders of the 20th century, um, died on this date.
3: Yes. So uh, America's pastor, as he was known as. Southern Baptist minister, became well-known internationally in the late 1940s, One of his biographers has placed him among the most influential Christian leaders of the 20th century. And with this being President's Day, Mm -hmm. he uh, met with many U.S. presidents.
5: Okay, I have a a report I brought in. Um, About nine minutes left today. This is um, a list of the hardest hardest working cities in America. Uh, The intro goes like this. Many Americans view hard work as a path to achieving the American dream. We work so hard, in fact, that we put in more hours at our jobs than several other industrialized countries the average U.S. worker puts in 1,767 hours per year, which is 169 hours more than the average Japan citizen, 400 more than in the U.K., 435 more than in Germany. It's interesting. Going on during the COVID 19 pandemic, many people have adapted to work from home, which can end up extending work hours even further. You know, when I'm working at TV, uh, when I'm watching TV at night, say it's the Olympics or whatever, that laptop's right next to me and I'm working a lot. I don't know. I I don't think I could accomplish what my job entails if I simply dealt with an eight uh, eight-hour day. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Y- you're in the <coughs> same boat. Oh yeah. You have other responsibilities here at the station, and um, and yet you're on the air six hours a day. Yep. You know. Yep. Love okay. It. Love it. Yeah, we do. Well, anyway, so, uh, some U.S. cities represent the strong work ethic that helped to build the world's biggest economy better than others. In order to determine which cities outwork the rest of America, they studied the 116 largest cities across 11 key different metrics. Our data set ranges from the employment rate to the average weekly work hours the share of workers with multiple jobs, etc., etc. Okay, so we got 116 cities on the list. What do you think is number one? Just take a hunch. Oh, I. Pfft. I know it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. It's Anchorage, Alaska. Number two, Washington D.C. Number three, where I used to live, Anchorage. I'm not Anchorage. Excuse me, Virginia Beach. Number four, San Francisco. Five, Irving, Texas. Six, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and I spent some time there. Seven, Norfolk, Virginia. Eighth, Austin, Texas. Ninth, oh thought we were going to have an EAS test there for a minute. I heard a funny sound. Anyway, uh, 8th, Austin, Texas. 9th, Plano, Texas. And 10th, Dallas, Texas. Hello? We're not on. Okay. I have a feeling that Frontier is doing a little bit of... um, maintenance work on some lines. So bear with us, please. Okay, so that's, uh, what about Ohio? So there are 116 cities listed. What do you think is listed as the highest working um, in Ohio?
3: Athens, Ohio.
5: Uh, No, we're not on this list. Oh. We're not in Ohio? Well, they didn't list all Ohio cities. Oh. They they just took the top 160 nationwide. Okay. 116 nationwide, excuse me. Oh, Cincinnati. It is Columbus. Columbus comes in 78. After that, it is Cincinnati that comes in ninety seventh, Toledo one hundred and seventh, and Cleveland one hundred and tenth. Um, you have any other city you're interested in?
3: Uh, let's see. I. I'm always interested in South Carolina or cities in the south, so let's go with Charleston, South Carolina.
5: Okay, let me scan down
3: through here. And then Charleston, West Virginia.
5: Holy cow. Let me look at the first page.
3: Hiding in there somewhere. I don't think so. Maybe not.
5: Um, I'm sorry, man. I don't see it here. Oh, Charleston, West Virginia, 74th. Hey, there you go. I did find it. And no other Charleston. Okay. Well, we could do a few more. So, coming in 11th, Chesapeake, Virginia, where Nick is. 12th, Sioux Falls, (coughs) South Dakota. 13th, Corpus Christi, Texas. 14th, Omaha. 15th, Salt Lake City. 16th, Fort Worth. 17th, Denver. 18th, Nashville. 19th, Chandler, Arizona. And 20th Garling Arlington Texas, just to fill a little time there. Okay, so let's put this away. Um, there's still a great deal of worry about Russia in Ukraine, for obvious reasons. There have been dozens of wars in the almost 80 years since World War I, I'm sorry, World War II. But if Russia invades Ukraine in the coming days, it will be different from almost all of them. It will be another sign that the world may be entering an alarming new era in which authoritarianism is on the rise. Regional dominance. Russia's invasion of Ukraine seems likely to involve one of the world's largest militaries launching an unprovoked ground invasion of neighboring country. The apparent goal would be an explosion of regional dominance, either through annexation or the establishment of a puppet government. I'm concerned about this. I assume many of our audience are as well. We'll try to get into this in a little more detail tomorrow. But um, I just don't understand why it's important to them, frankly. We are out of time. Have a marvelous day out there. And we'll see you tomorrow.
1: In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970
2: and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on
0: the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez, Russian President Vladimir Putin convened an emergency meeting of his Security Council today amid rising tensions with the West over a possible Russian invasion of Ukraine and a new report out of one of that country's separatist regions. Pentagon correspondent, Kami McCormick. Russia claims it's killed five of what it calls saboteurs who breached the country's southwest border from Ukraine. Kyiv calls the claims fake news. The U.S. and its allies have been worried Moscow would create a border incident as a pretext to attack Ukraine. In the meantime, Russian President Putin has told his Security Council to consider an appeal from separatist leaders in eastern Ukraine to recognize them as independent. CBS's Margaret Brennan asked Ukraine's ambassador To the U.S., Oksana Markarova, about reports the Kremlin has created a hit list of Ukrainians and other activists it will target if Russia invades. Whatever crimes they are willing to commit in order to kill some of us, it will not stop others and it will not help their cause. Queen Elizabeth is in isolation after she tested positive for COVID, but it's not keeping her from meeting with Prime Minister Johnson virtually today. CBS's Vicki Barker from London. Palace aides confirm the 95-year-old monarch is experiencing what they're calling mild cold-like symptoms after testing positive for COVID-19. They say she intends to carry on with light duties this week. Closing arguments are beginning this morning in Brunswick, Georgia, in the federal hate crimes trial of three white men.